Communists winning elections written by C. Mitchell Shaw Friday February 21, 2020 from the print edition of The New American. Despite the disasters that communism has wreaked on countries around the world, communists are getting elected in this country by promising free stuff. Richmond, mainstream media outlets have spent the last four and a half years focused on the phantom of Russia influencing U.S. elections with the help of Donald Trump. Meanwhile, pro-Chinese communists working within and without the Democratic Party have been successfully implementing a plan to flip one state after another toward the left. The goal is to use democratic control as a transitional stage toward communist control. According to a co-executive director of a pro-Maoist group operating in the United States, that plan was put in motion years ago. That co-executive director is Tram Nguyen, and her organization is New Virginia Majority NVM. Nguyen's admission took the form of a boast in a November 6 op-ed piece for The New York Times. Nguyen wrote that NVM has spent the past 12 years working to reach voters of all colors, women, low-income workers and young people where they are. She added that this has made it possible for us to develop a robust base of support along Virginia's so-called urban crescent, from northern Virginia to Hampton Roads. As to the tactic and the message, Nguyen wrote, Long before Election Day, we registered more than 300,000 voters, knocked on more than 2.5 million doors, and organized ZED within communities of color to help win significant policy changes like Medicaid expansion, which covered nearly 400,000 people. So, NVM targeted minority neighborhoods which are statistically lower-income neighborhoods with a pitch for voter registration and an increased voter turnout tied to the promise of more money and benefits from the public till. The result was exactly what they hoped for. Those newly minted, politically uninformed voters turned out en masse and placed Virginia squarely in the clutches of the Democrats. Of course, political activist groups are nothing new. And for a political activist group to knock on doors, register voters, and nudge those new voters to vote a certain way is to be expected. What sets NVM apart from the PAC is its pedigree, which includes purebred Maoist elements. As the inestimable Trevor Loudon has been reporting in a series of articles published online by the Epoch Times, NVM is a front for Liberation Road, known until April this year 2019 as Freedom Road Socialist Organization FRSO, the United States' most influential Maoist organization, as Loudon wrote in an article focused on NVM's success in Virginia. NVM is led by longtime FRSO, Liberation Road cadre John Liss of Alexandria. Several FRSO cadres have served in NVM over the years, as have many activists from two NVM satellite groups, Left Roots and the Virginia Student Power Network. FRSO, Liberation Road comes out of the militantly pro-China American Maoist student movement of the 1970s. While it's more discreet about its Chinese loyalties these days, several of its leading supporters maintain close ties to the People's Republic of China. Loudon has documented other connections between NVM and FRSO, Liberation Road. In that same article, he lists some of NVM's leading supporters, as well as their communist credentials. That list includes the likes of Fred Angst, a longtime FRSO supporter who was born in China to parents who moved there in the 1940s to be part of the Communist Revolution. Angst left China for the United States in the 1970s for his education, but returned to China in 2007. He now teaches at the University of International Business and Economics in Beijing. 
Another NVM supporter is Alex Tom, who, Loudon explains, is a leader of Left Roots and the pro Beijing San Francisco based Chinese Progressive Association. According to Tom's 2013 Left Forum Speakers bio, he formed the China Education and Exposure Program in 2012 to build a deeper analysis of China for U.S. progressives and leftists and to build relationships with the grassroots movement in China. And Steve McClure, another NVM supporter, was in the 1970s active in the pro Mao Revolution. Revolutionary Student Brigade. His ties to FRSO and NVM, along with his background of engineering information in surveying, mapping, and remote sensing at Wuhan University in China, where he is a research associate with the State Key Laboratory in that field, have served the communist cause well. His blog shows that he worked with NVM from China to make a series of maps to inform planning for precinct walks in Virginia State House districts. Those are the maps NVM used to choose the neighborhoods where they knocked on more than 2.5 million doors and registered nearly 300,000 voters with promises of bigger and better government handouts. Those maps, provided by a traitorous American employed by a Chinese university, were indispensable in the action plan of communists in America to flip Virginia to the Democrats. So, while the liberal mainstream media have spent four and a half years pounding the Trump-Russia collusion narrative into the public consciousness, despite lacking anything resembling evidence, pro-Chinese communists have worked doggedly to influence U.S. elections. And far from exposing that foreign influence, the only real mention of it in the liberal mainstream media was the op-ed boasting of Nguyen published by The New York Times. With Loudon's research revealing the myriad connections between communists in China and communists in America, it is becoming increasingly apparent that the liberal mainstream media are complicit in the communist plan to take over America. After all, given their vast resources and operating budgets, why did they not uncover this? Due to the high journalistic standards evident in Loudon's expose of the Chinese communist influence in U.S. elections, the New American reached out to him. In an exclusive interview, he told this writer that NVM's success in Virginia is only the beginning of FRSO, Liberation Road's plans for America. For instance, NVM is merely one piece in a nefarious puzzle. Similar organizations with the same goals have been formed with FRSO, Liberation Road influence and connections in other states. Partly by forming new groups and partly by infiltrating existing groups, FRSO, Liberation Road and other communist organizations have been successful in taking over politics in selected areas, especially in the South, according to Loudon. In mid-December, Loudon wrote about how and why pro-China communists took over Durham, North Carolina. He explains that Liberation Road has a strategy of destroying the Republican Party base in the South, what it terms the New Confederacy, by using the minority voting base to flip county by county, state by state to the Democrats. And North Carolina is a prime target because it is one of the most politically marginal Republican-held states in the South and because it is right next door to Virginia, where the Reds recently enjoyed a blue victory. The communist tactics for taking over North Carolina are simple, infiltrate and sow discord. About the communist targeting of the South, Loudon wrote. In the 2000s, FRSO began sending comrades from California, Massachusetts, and New York to beef up the numbers, soon making the Maoists the most significant force on the left in the region. This was part of a deliberate colonization of southern states, particularly Virginia, Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida. FRSO targeted the South because of its high concentration of black and Hispanic potential voters, which, coupled with a history of racial polarization, made for great revolutionary potential. 
North Carolina, one of the most politically marginal Republican-held states in the South was a prime target. Durham, with the largest concentration of black voters in the state, became ground zero for the Maoists. FRSO supporters began to infiltrate Durham student unions, community groups, labor unions, churches, and local government. Part of that plan involves infiltration of the Democratic Party. That infiltration does not follow the traditional model of only taking over a party from within. The new model is about strategic placement of infiltrators in the party and having others outside the party pressure the party to move even further to the left. For instance, in her op-ed piece, Nguyen consistently refers to Democrats in the third person they, not we. Loudon explained that this is because of an alliance called the Left Inside, Outside Project, which is a pet project of the Communist People's World Online news site. Loudon went on to say that it is a coalition of the Communist Party USA, Liberation Road, Democratic Socialists of America, and other communist, socialist groups. They are working explicitly to move politics to the left, especially in the South, by working both inside and outside the Democratic Party. Loudon said that with some communists and socialists working inside the party, running as Democrats, and others working outside the party, like Nguyen, putting pressure on the Democrats and helping them, they are succeeding in moving Democrats further and further left. In fact, Loudon has written much about the left inside, outside project. In September, he wrote that the leading socialist and communist organizations in the United States created the project as part of their plan to increase their infiltration and manipulation of the Democratic Party. As he wrote in that article, Communist Party USA CPUSA leader John Bachtel partially explained the new strategy in a pitch to party members to attend an online webinar that was held on May 23, 2018. According to Bactel, the webinar would feature a panel of representatives from the CPUSA, Democratic Socialists of America DSA, Freedom Road Socialist Organization FRSO, Left Roots, and others. Loudon further reported, The Left Inside, Outside project first announced itself in a letter, titled The Left We Want to Build, Breaking Out of the Margins, published on the FRSO-aligned website Organizing Upgrade on June 9, 2017. That letter is unapologetic and unambiguous in its push for building a left trend, an alignment of organizations and individuals, based on strategic unity. The letter goes on to call for determined, long-term, energetic efforts to break out of the margins based on a common view of how to engage in our electoral system, while also building mass protest as the only way to offer a chance to make the left a force in U.S. politics and, eventually, a contender for power. The letter, signed by key leaders of America's preeminent Marxist organizations, issues a call that could have been termed collectivists of the United States Unite. For instance, it states, all of the organizations and networks we belong to have important strengths, but also very real limitations in terms of size, demographics, or geographic or sectoral concentration. None of them, in their current form, are capable of playing the strategic role we believe the left must play in the next period. A left trend might have that potential, the ability to reach far beyond the existing left to create a force that can move us from defense to offense. As NVM's campaign in Virginia demonstrates, collectivists uniting and promising a deeper drink from the public well for those who vote to empower Democrats to move further left can offer low-income and lower-information voters something appealing. The something-for-nothing promises of organizations such as NVM are nothing new. Neither are the consequences that befall those who buy into those promises and vote accordingly. 
Staying close to its Chinese communist roots, NVM is setting America up for jumping out of the frying pan of democracy and into the fire of a tyrannical communist dictatorship. Having succeeded in flipping Virginia known, among other names, as the birthplace of a nation NVM is setting bigger goals. Nguyen plainly states that her objective in writing about NVM's successful strategy in Virginia is to make the case that this type of year-round organizing can pave the way for victory nationally. Besides North Carolina, the FRSO, Liberation Road pro-Chinese communists have been laying the groundwork in other states, as well. Most of those states are in the South, which the Maoist conspirators prefer to call the New Confederacy. In early December, Loudon wrote, The Republican Party seems oblivious to a major threat developing in its southern stronghold. Pro-China communists from the Liberation Road Group are working to flip Republican-held states in the South one by one. After pointing out that Virginia has already fallen, Loudon went on to write, North Carolina, Florida, and Tennessee are next on the list. If the communists can flip toss-up states Florida and North Carolina in 2020, President Donald Trump will likely be a one-term president and the Republican Party will be finished as a national force. And similar to the way the Maoist influence targeted Durham as a cornerstone of the plan to take over North Carolina, FRSO, Liberation Road has heavily targeted Knoxville in its larger bid to take over Tennessee. On November 5, Liberation Road and the Democratic Socialists of America an apt oxymoron succeeded in having a second comrade elected to the Knoxville City Council. They had previously helped socialist Sima Singh Perez to join that nine-member body. Loudon wrote at the time, Liberation Road, its student wing Progressive Student Alliance, and the DSA have several hundred comrades and supporters in Tennessee and access to many more across the state and from neighboring Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia, and Kentucky. The DSA alone has 56,000 members across the nation. They are able to win small local races by bringing in armies of out-of-state volunteers and phone bankers from all over the country. Another part of the communist, socialist takeover of Tennessee by way of Knoxville is the major socialist training center known as the Highlander Research and Education Center, located in New Market, a mere 25 miles from Knoxville. As Loudon documents, established as the Highlander Folk School by Communist Party USA-affiliated activists in the 1930s to bring socialism to the South, the center is now firmly under Liberation Road, Maoist control. Highlander co-executive director Ashley Henderson is a longtime FRSO leader, as is the school's personnel chair, Hawaii-based Maizu Louie. Most of Highlander's current staffers and board members come from FRSO backgrounds. In fact, two notable exceptions to the dominance of FRSO, Liberation Road at Highlander are board members Erica Smiley, who comes from Communist Party USA, and Lone Tran, an activist with the pro-Iran, North Korea Workers World Party, Loudon's research shows. Exceptions like those not only prove the rule, they enforce it. Florida is a prime FRSO, Liberation Road target for 2020. Using nearly the exact same tactic as was used to flip Virginia, FRSO, Liberation Road has given birth in the Sunshine State. The name of that spawn of dictatorial totalitarianism is the new Florida majority. As Loudon's research shows, they are playing the same loaded hand that paid off in Virginia. Working through the new Florida majority and allied organizations, Liberation Road has signed up hundreds of thousands of new minority voters in Florida and helped pass a referendum giving 1.4 million Sunshine State former felons the right to vote. That last bit is almost exactly what NVM did in Virginia. 
As this writer explained in an online article for The New American published November 22, Roughly 20,000 of the newly minted, low-information voters that voted to give control of Virginia to the Democrats were also felons who had their voting rights restored as a result of NVM's work with former Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe. Beginning in 2016, McAuliffe announced that he would illegally restore the voting rights of more than 200,000 convicted felons. By the time the dust settled and the smoke cleared, it took him until January of 2018 to put nearly 173,000 convicted felons back on the voting rolls. In fact, Nguyen boasted of that success in her New York Times op-ed piece, writing, The former governor, Terry McAuliffe, restored the voting rights of more than 173,000 Virginians during his term, more than any other governor in Virginia's history. In 2016, of the nearly 20,000 men and women who registered to vote for the first time as a result of the restoration of their rights, a whopping 79% voted. They were a key voting bloc in Virginia, the only southern state that Hillary Clinton won. Given the result in Virginia with the restoration of voting rights of 173,000 convicted felons, the prospect for Florida granting that same ability to 1.4 million convicted felons is frightening, indeed. FRSO, Liberation Road Front Groups, similar to NVM and the New Florida Majority, have also claimed successes in Kentucky where they were instrumental in electing a Democratic governor and Philadelphia with the election of their candidate to the city council. Besides the cities and states in the South listed above, they also now have their eye on Arizona. The once reliably Republican state is a target of FRSO, Liberation Road, where, Loudon explains, socialists have exploited Arizona's growing Latino minorities to move the state toward the left. He points out that as a result of that agitation, Communist Party-backed Democrat Kirsten Sinema narrowly won her U.S. Senate race in 2018, and incumbent Republican Senator Martha McSally faces a strong challenge from Democrat Mark Kelly. State by state, FRSO, Liberation Road and other communist and pro-communist groups are applying the principle of creating an informed and active electorate, only in reverse. They want an uninformed and active base committed to serving the communists in exchange for handouts. By registering those people who desire a cradle-to-grave nanny state to vote and making sure they show up to vote for largesse, they almost guarantee a transition of the United States from a republic to a democracy to a communist dictatorship. As for the prospects for truly patriotic Americans restoring the republic, Loudon states that the path forward will be difficult. Given that communists and socialists have simply used a correct principle in reverse, patriots may be tempted to think that if they simply apply that same principle, go knock on doors, register voters, and get them to vote, they can restore the republic and live happily ever after. Loudon told The New American, we have to make the case for freedom, we have to go out and intelligently engage people and try and get them to get more understanding of the country's history and the benefits of freedom and the consequences of losing it. It's an intelligent debate we have to have and we have to have it. But, they go out and tell people, you vote our way and we'll give you more benefits, one's a lot easier to sell, one takes a lot less work, so, patriots have their work cut out for them. Organized, well-planned, and orchestrated action, such as that provided by this magazine's parent organization, the John Birch Society, is what is needed if the republic is to survive.